Okay. You got a fancy microphone. You better be good at this. Here we go. <laughs> you're, I mean, dude, it's episode 32. You're kind of a professional podcaster. Yeah, I, you say that. As soon as you said episode 32, my shorty Wi-Fi made it turn into surely, surely, too. So, like, I'm not that professional. <laughs> I'm okay. not that professional. You're professional. It's just the <laughs> Wi-Fi. And, like, especially we all imagine you out in the middle of just this beautiful rolling hills field. And every time you open your door, there's a lady that comes by with a fresh cup of milk from a goat that's right next to you. And what? Two. <laughs> uh, I was so off, mate. Okay, it's, I'm doing it again. It's I like, couldn't stop laughing. So there's no way I counted it in time. Okay, okay ready? <laughs> it was go, like go. 17 and a half, six. One, two, three, four. Bang on the money. There we go. We're finally in. Finally in. <laughs> Just two kids from Surrey trying to get our day straight. Yeah, you know? that's it, mate. That's it. Just trying not to uh, freak out because uh, the Wi-Fi is terrible yet again. It's so weird, mate. When there's a beautiful day outside, the Wi-Fi is shoddy and it's like the world is telling me to get outside. Right. Where are you, you getting? Know? So, okay, you have, uh, we talked about this in the last episode, but everybody just thinks like, hey, Eddie, can you send me the link to the shipping container in the farm and I'll just do it? <laughs> <laughs> what you've done is not that easy to do. Um, so... Real quick, though, how do you get your Wi-Fi? I mean, I'm assuming you have a router and everything, but are you getting it from your nearest neighbor that actually has Wi-Fi? Yeah, it's a router. It's like a 4G router. Or do you have a satellite dish? No, it's just a little, little router. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, a yeah. router. A um, router, yeah. <laughs> we have a little router. It's a 4G router, and it's like it's basically like just tethering off a phone. Oh, I got it. Okay, yeah. so it's it's creating its own signal. Yes, but it's very, very bad. But it's all good, mate. It's just like you don't want it. It always gets bad in the middle of like a great conversation. You know, when you don't want it to be bad, it's always bad at that specific time. And like someone's talking and then it will slow down and you're like, oh my God, am I going to completely ruin the vibe of this entire podcast by cutting him short or not responding? (laughs) Not responding is the good one. You know, where there's like a delay and you're like, okay, Eddie, are you all right? Yeah. I was like, dude, I just offered you a free flight to America to do a camp with me and you just couldn't care less. And now he's so excited. Uh, um, well, awesome. And it's got to be tough, too, because I would assume like you you only need amazing Wi-Fi for things like this. But for your general, you're going into practice, you're going into film. You probably upload most most stuff at home, I would assume, yeah, your exactly videos and right. everything. Yeah, exactly. Come in, do the work, bring a little hard drive, bring it home, upload it. Jobs are good in mate. Job is a good yeah. Anyway, how you how you doing? <laughs> I'm freaking awesome, man. It's been a crazy, crazy week. I feel like I've got so much on my plate at the same time. I'm 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 having a, a tough time organizing it all just so I can get the most out of my day. I hate those days where I get here super early. I stay super late, and Amber says, "So what did you do today?" And I'm like, "I think I practiced." Yeah. At some point, I I and it's like, wait, what did I do today? And I know that. It's just so weird. I mean, you know what our jobs are like where it's like, well, sometimes practice is what I did today because if I don't get better at this instrument, nobody's going to want to pay to study with me. So I have to practice. So no, I didn't increase the value of our business. I didn't do anything on social media, but I invested in myself. So that is something, but it doesn't feel quite, you don't get any cheers and applause like you do when you posted an Instagram video. You know, I could do nothing all day post one Instagram video and somehow my brain tells me like that was super productive because of all the comments that I got. How warped is that? It's so funny. It's so true, mate. Like the buzz I get from 
like uploading a video and going, oh, I'm really happy with how I played in that and, and people are digging it and that's made me feel so good. And then like the buzz I get from like, I mean, the other day I came in here and I just reorganized the mics and I was like, oh, I feel so unproductive and so lazy and like I've done nothing, but I've actually done more than uploading a video. Way more. And it's just totally. so funny. It's so funny how your brain works. And um, and it's and it's interesting you say that, mate, because that's the same as, that's what I'm thinking of right now. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm just about to film a new thing. And then I'm like, oh God, but I haven't really practiced. And I, I need to prioritize that because like you said, without us what we're offering is shit it's nothing it's It's nothing well yeah so uh, nothing like yeah i've often i mean the worst thing is like when we don't want people to be coming to us and being like hey i'm I'm gonna sign up for your website but can you go back to 2011 because i really liked you then it's like (laughs) i'm sorry what (laughs) no i i can't play half that stuff so you know i think that that's one of those things that we and i'm talking now to our listeners our our patrons everybody and definitely ourselves but we need to realize that practicing is an investment just like any other financial investment. If the product is us, practicing is something that you should feel truly proud of. And I know this week, I know that I invested heavily in myself because I started taking lessons again. And that's something I put on hold for, I think it's been four years since my last lesson. Wow. But I was talking to my old teacher, Will Kennedy from the Yellow Jackets, and we were just chatting about a few things. And he said, hey, do you have time to study again? And because he knows that there's no point in teaching me when I'm working from morning till night, because why do you want to teach somebody that doesn't have time to practice? Mm. And a lot of yours and my practice is maintenance, where I'm maintaining my skill set so that I can film what I need to film. But I'm not really improving at the instrument. I'm making sure that that next two minute clip sounds great and yeah. looks great. Um, so it just happened to be like, I was like, I really. I could, one, I do have the time to practice if I make the time. And two, I just need some guidance right now. I'm kind of, I'm I'm only playing things that I can already play. I'm not pushing myself forward. And sometimes you need someone else to push you forward into new areas where it's like, oh, wow, I, I would happily ignore that area because I don't enjoy it. But that means that's probably the one area I need to work on. Yeah, so, 100%. Started studying with Will again. Uh, the first thing we did was work up a song that was my last assignment for him. And I was like, hey, can I send you that first? Because I just don't think it's going to sound the way it sounded the last time I sent it to you. You know, I don't even have close mics anymore. I just have overheads like an overhead. <laughs> um, so that's what, so I worked on that all all week. But what's crazy is I can already play it, but I'm now with my current skill set, not happy with how I played it back then. So now I'm trying to make it now I actually can internalize the feel and all the things that he said four years ago that I was like, no, I'm pretty sure I got that dude. And he's like, I know, and you're cute, but you don't have it. Um, And now it's like, oh, I know exactly what he's talking about because I hear the music so differently. So that's been really fun. So that's kind of been my week is just a lot of practice. But going back to our original point, feeling okay that I practiced. Yeah, it's interesting, mate. I'm so glad you said that because I'm at the point now, I think, I think just where we are, with covid i i want that as well i want someone to throw some stuff at me and say right you need to do this there's accountability i know you can't do it so get to it because um i think people forget that as well being drum teachers or content creators or whatever you know it i think people forget that we are still wanting that sort of inspiration and push and we can always learn you know i remember um 
I follow loads of PTs, obviously, like I've spoken about before. And one of them was like, oh, I've just taken on this new coach and someone, and he reposted on his story, a comment from someone saying, well, why, why do you need a coach? Like you're a coach yourself sort of thing. Right. And his response was really, really cool. And it wasn't sort of to dig at this guy, but it was like, you know, we always, always need someone for accountability, for inspiration, for motivation, to learn something in a different way or to learn something new. Yep. And uh, yeah, I'm craving that, mate. So if you could just chuck some fucking crazy jazz stuff my way, that'd be brilliant. Yeah. So I can, so Absolutely. I actually have a reason to come in and, and play and practice. I did it today, mate. I came in and I was like, wicked, I'm going to get some videos shot. Realized I'd forgotten my SD card. So I was forced to sit there and actually <laughs> practice. But I was the same uh, thing. I was like, I'm playing the same thing I always do. Right, I don't know yeah, what yeah. to do right now. I don't have any guidance. So I'm definitely at that point. Yeah, I think that that's a, a really important place to be is just having a, having somebody push you and having just kind of like, you know what, I have the energy to practice. I don't totally have the energy or the time to sit down and reanalyze my entire life. So I'm not really paying for the drum lessons. It's I'm paying for the opinion yeah. and the opinion from somebody I trust and that I look up to is what I'm willing to pay for happily. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, back studying with Will. Um, and that leads me into a couple things. First of all, we now officially have something to practice for because you and I are on the 2022 UK drum show and it has been moved to Liverpool. I don't know anything about England, but I've heard of Liverpool. Yeah. And I, so it's been moved out of Manchester. It's been moved to Liverpool. The, the venue looks absolutely amazing. Yeah. It's like a massive Li venue. Liverpool's amazing. It's such a cool place. Cool. Well, the Beatles came from there. Such a right. cool, creative place. Um, I'm loving it. I'm loving that it's there, uh, but I'm also like, oh, I could do with another year or so. Do you know what I mean? I know, I know, yeah. two years away is a long time, but listen, these <laughs> these are stressful situations. So it's, I would be happier well, me, with the four-year mark. Let me announce the mark. lineup. Okay, let me announce the lineup. All right, so we've got a um, newcomer on the scene, Annika Niles. We've got brand new drummer of the year, Ash Sone, Carter McLean, Yo Snickel, Tony Coleman, Mike Johnson, Eddie Thrower. We got this, bro. <laughs> We got this. Oh, God. That's what we mate. do. That's what we do, dog. Oh. Anyways, uh, it's going to be an awesome time. And so hopefully we can do maybe a live podcast from there as well. Tack on a, you know, I think this yeah. will be a perfect time for us to go to my buddy Kim Lee's place in Bath, go uh, do like a clinic. And he was thinking about even us possibly doing like in a theater type atmosphere, like a live podcast Ooh. and then turn it into a clinic. So podcast into clinic. Yeah. I think that would be really cool especially for the podcast listeners to hear kind of like i mean we would cut it and make it sound amazing but have it go from podcast straight into clinic or even blend the two i think it could be a lot of fun that'd be amazing mate that would be amazing yeah joke inside i can't wait and yet again you know talking about inspiration or having someone to practice for boom oh my god yeah. that that you don't that is the thing that any drummer needs to kick them up the ass oh you're playing drums in front of 300 other drummers and in front of all these other professional drummers that will do it. That that would get yeah. you in the practice room. Let me help you out with uh, the UK drum show. You're probably looking at about three thousand other drummers. Oh, that's so I don't cool. know if that makes it easier on you. Wow. But, uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Flipping head. Uh, okay, here's my only rule for Carter. Since he's one of our bros, he cannot stand side stage with his arms folded. Like that. That'll mess me up. Like I don't mind him in the crowd hanging back. I'd actually like to see him in the crowd with his in-ears in so that I know he's listening to something else. <laughs> That's, but if, he, if he's going arms folded on the side of the stage, I just remember 
I can't remember which festival it was, but there was a festival where to my right was Jojo Mayer, Stanton Moore, arms folded. And to my left was Benny Greb and a few others, arms folded. And I was like, it's just too much pressure. Could you just put your arms down? Yeah. You look very judgmental right yeah, now. Yeah, and yeah, I know yeah. that you guys are all too busy to judge little old Mike Johnston. So I know that's not what you're doing. But my brain is starting to mess with my head. <laughs> and it's just not going so well for me. <laughs> it's I, so, I'm starting to. I'm about to throw a stick at Tom Slang. If you could just help me out. <laughs> it is such a different vibe. Like I remember like being on stage, even with Busted, like, and seeing your friends or people you know side stage, that would make, that would energize me, man. That would be like, oh, cool. This is sick. They're, you know, they're right. watching, they're enjoying the show. In a clinic situation, it's the oh. it's like, I'm going to be that guy that says, right, no one standing side stage. I'm going to employ a <laughs> stage manager, a massive guy to stand there and Ooh. fucking kick people off side stage. It's not happening. It just cannot happen. You know, the weird thing though is like, I, I guess one of the things that can make those situations, even just a clinic, so stressful, especially for our listeners that are starting to think about, I think I could do a clinic. There's so many of us in the crowd. So when, you, when you're seeing people walk in, you're like, well, he's my age and he's probably played as long as I have and he dresses like me. So he's going to be thinking, why am I not up there? And, and Mike is. And your head just goes into chaos mode. Yeah. You know, and that's why do you think we all use a practice pad before we get on stage? It's to ignore the world. Like we just, yeah. we're not warming up. It's just like, I need to meditate. Yeah. It's crazy, mate. I can't wait, man. Oh, flipping hell. I wish we it's had this. Be awesome. I might stay here and practice tonight because now I know what to practice. Pretty much everything that go. I ever have learned in my entire life over <laughs> yeah, and over exactly. and over again. <laughs> why do you think I scheduled the podcast for now? Because I don't want you to practice. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, he has to go home after this. He has to go home and see Rona and Travi. All right. Before we get into that, I want to talk about not being ready to be inspired because we are going to get to making a living. We're going to get to some Q&A. We're actually going to check out Matt Halpern's new snare. But this was just something that I would have voice noted you this morning. Okay. But I didn't because I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk to him on the podcast and maybe other people go through this. This is something that I'm actually quite curious. Have you ever experienced this? So we've had episodes about inspiration and motivation and getting inspired and listen to this song and do this. Well, I know what inspires me. I've, I factually know if I listen to this music, I will be inspired. If I listen to an episode of this podcast, I will want to change the world. There's a specific podcast that I've sent you before called Math and Magic that will make me want to dent the universe. For about a week, the newest episode has sat in my podcasting and I refuse to listen to it because I'm not ready to be inspired. I know that if I listen to it, I'll want to change the world. And I've just got so much on my plate and I'm almost like lazy that I'm ignoring the things that will actually inspire me because I'm almost scared of being inspired. When I get inspired, it takes over my life and I can't slow it down. And I've I've actively stayed away from inspiration this week. And I don't know if I've ever really had that happen before, but every time I open my podcast, I'm like, well, there's one that inspires me and there's one that lets me zone out. I always choose the zone out oh, one. Because I'm like not ready to be inspired. Is that a real thing or did I just make that up? No. Or am I losing it? No, 100%, mate. It's so funny you said that because I'm in the same boat. I don't know what it is, mate. I think I'll probably know once I've sort of verbalized my thoughts here. But it's the same as me. Like with what's going on in the world right now and social media sort of having a slight change. And, you know, a lot of people, like we said before, fighting for scraps. And I understand it. I get it why people are doing everything they are, are doing online. But I think naturally for me, when people get a little bit loud and areas or platforms or social media platforms get loud, I, I just back off. I, I hide in a corner and just say, look, do you, I'll, I'll 
I'll do my thing when I feel like it's ready. And that's what I'm doing as well, mate. I'm sort of, you know, everyone, like we mentioned before, which is a cool thing. And we'll mention it in this podcast. Everyone now has a, a lot more people have memberships now and, and, and teach online, which is great. It's wicked because everyone's entitled to and everyone can learn from whoever they want. But it's the same as me. I don't, I'm almost sort of waiting for the dust to settle a little bit before yes. I go again. I was going mm-hmm. hard and I was loving it and I was turning up to 10 before the pandemic. And then, yeah, social media changed a little bit and now I'm sort of backing off and I'm the same as you, man. I'm like, I'm, th- there is a time where I can do this and I can do it well and I'll be happy with it, but now's not the time. So I'm just waiting. It's an odd yeah. one, mate. It's, it's a very odd... It's so weird. Yeah. I've never had that thing. I mean, if I get a new podcast or if i rediscover a song that used to just get me going the first thing i do is click on it. i'm like oh yeah give me my energy shot give me my juice and for some reason just lately i've been like this isn't my time to do that this is my time to invest in the current students this is my time to invest in myself through practice and if i click play on this podcast this guy is going to say something about you know it's all about just dedication and I, all of a sudden I'm like you damn right it is and i go into this <laughs> zone where I leave Mike the drummer behind and I go into full entrepreneur mode and that can be great for the business on a dollars and cents thing, but it's not great for me long-term. It's not great for my mental health yeah. all the time. Like you said, you can't be at 10 all the time. And I think for you and I, just knowing our friendship behind the scenes out of the podcast, the pandemic as horrendous and terrible as it was, we kind of needed it. I mean, you and I were, not competing with each other whatsoever, but we were constantly pumping each other up to take over the world of Mm. drum education. And it's like, you just, especially you and I are not, we don't have teams. We're one man shows. You know I mean? Obviously I have Amber doing some work behind the scenes. I have my web developer, Brad, who helps me with just the development of the site. But Mm. as far as content creation, you and I are in a room by ourselves. That's our day. Yeah. It's hard to stay at 10 all by yourself all the time. Like, yeah, man. Kick yeah, ass yeah, take, yeah. Mike. Baby, bro. You got it, man. Did you press record, Mike? Hell yeah, I did. Woo! It is, mate. It is. And and plus as well, like we've said before on this podcast, mate, we don't want to ever come across like salesmen, you know? And and I feel like yes. with the current situation, I I personally don't consume Instagram that much at the minute. Well, if, if at all, because I'm sick right. of just being sold something. So as much as I want to film a new lesson and a new course and, and put it up and promote it, there's just a part of me that doesn't want to be seen to be doing things for the wrong reason. You know, I don't want to be seen yeah. to just be, oh, Eddie's got a new course out because he's trying to capitalize on the pandemic and, and all this kind of stuff, or he's got nothing else to do. That's the worst one for me. I don't want to yeah. be seen. You know, there's a lot of people who may have may discovered me from this podcast. And I'm sure if they've listened to episode one all the way through, they'll know that I've had a membership before the pandemic. But the worst one is, I don't want people thinking I'm just doing it because that's the only thing to do. You know, that, yeah. that I don't want to be, I don't want to seem like a fake, totally. fake guy. And, and, and I, I think don't that's think why I'm like you and I would off. be friends. Yeah. I don't think you and I would be friends if that was the case, because I, I mean, I have like a crime dog nose for that stuff. I can sniff that <laughs> shit out from like six miles away. So, you know, I know that I, when I first saw your very first video and we didn't know each other, I was like, man, this guy really cares about getting helpful information out to people. This is cool. I think I'm, you know, I mean, it was like 
I think mainly I only found you because Reflex was reposting your stuff. Yeah. Which is one of the brilliant things of social media is, you know, a lot of reasons why we have endorsements in general is like, well, if I post it, this many people will see it. But if Zildjian posts it, that many people will see it. So, you know, and I, I remember I was like, all right, that's a third video that has been original. I couldn't find an ounce of him stealing from someone else that I already know. And he's really good. But there's something new about this. Like, I, and I kind of dug it. So, yeah, I, I will always vouch for you that you do this for the right reasons. We both play a lot of mind games with ourselves and thank the drum gods for our <laughs> friendship because that's what gets us out of the mind games is us. Yeah. I mean, what I just told you about not re- being ready to be inspired, that's our normal voice notes. It just happened to happen this morning. And I was like, well, I'll save it for the podcast. But mm. normally I would have just sent you a three minute babble. <laughs> Like, hey, bro, I'm in Little Biscuit with Juno. Uh, <laughs> all right. So now, uh, and by the way, for all the patrons that are listening, please, when we do the episode 32, chat it up, please bring up this part of it and talk about have you ever experienced that? Do you always need to be inspired or are there moments where you know you could be inspired, but you're just not ready for what? Because inspiration leads to action. And sometimes you're just not ready for that action. Yeah. Even though you know you could do it, it's like, uh, if I get inspired, then it's going to take over the next six weeks of my life. I'm not quite ready. Instead, I want to be inspired on the instrument instead of in the business. All right. So good. Before we get to our main I love topic, that, I want to... Sorry to butt in. I'm just so no. glad you said that, mate. It's so funny, mate. And listeners, we did not plan this at all. You know, no. he, he, I, he... I personally, I've told him I'm not telling you about this until we start the broadcast. Yeah, and I love it, mate, because it's, it's exactly what I'm going through. And I think it's going to be, you know, a, a lot of listeners are going to be... Gonna I almost got the sentence out fully there, but I didn't quite make it. What I meant to say was a lot of listeners will be thinking the same. Anyway, let's move on. Okay. All right. You want to talk about Maddie Halpern's new snare drum? Yeah, let's have a look. Let's have a look. All right. So uh, if you guys don't know Matt Halpern, hopefully you do. But Matt Halpern is a great friend and one of the good guys. Um, He has his own podcast with a couple of buddies. I think it's called Chocolate and Croissants, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I've known Matt for what feels like forever, but he was him and JP Bouvet were like my two first buddies on the Minel roster. We did the 2012 Minel Drum Festival together. We were the only three people that were from America. So as we were sitting at tables and everyone was speaking a foreign language, Matt, JP, and I were speaking English. So we just bonded. We started doing this thing called the Common Thread Clinic Tour. We became brothers. And Matt Halpern is one of those people that I will go to my grave supporting and defending for the rest of my life. He's a true entrepreneur, monster drummer, and obviously he is the drummer for Periphery, was the drummer for Animals as Leaders before that, but he's so much more than that. And he's just an incredible player. So I think like two years ago, maybe even a year ago, he made the move to Pearl Drums and they just released his signature snare drum. Have you seen it yet? Yeah, it's a good looking snare. Very oh, good looking snare, mate. I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah, he smashed this, mate. Absolutely smashed it. Yeah. So he's got a 14 by six, which is awesome because everyone either does six and a half or five and a half or five. He's got a 14 by six, 1.5 millimeter brass shell. So this is a brass drum, 14 by six. To, uh, I love, absolutely love. I don't know what Pearl calls them. I think they're called the reference series lugs because those lugs showed up when they introduced the reference series. But diecast hoops, reference series tube lugs, so Pearl's own tube lugs. It's got little gold inserts all over it, little gold touches, and it is just absolutely gorgeous. So 14 by 6 brass shell with a powder-coated black finish, so a matte black finish. Um, 
And yeah, it's just incredible. So I want to give it a listen real quick. So let's take a listen to Matt Halpern's new snare drum. I'm Matt Halpern, and this is everything I've been looking for in a snare drum. To match his aggressive drumming. All right. All right, Pearl guy. So we don't need to listen to the. <laughs> I, I love Pearl drums. I love Matt Halpern. I don't need the Pearl announcer. Guy. Who is that Pearl um, guy, mate? What's going on? <laughs> he just just finished announcing an NCAA basketball game. Anyways, the drum sounds amazing. Now I do need to say this: Matt is known uh, for, for one of many things for having get good drums samples. That's his company with Nolly Good. Is that Nolly's last name? I think it is. I don't know. It must be. I, I just make that that's up. A, I don't know. That's uh, a fucking good last name. <laughs> I don't know. I would love to be Mike Great. Um, so uh, his company with Nolly is called Get Good Drums. It's samples. I'm telling you this right now. I've been in the room with Matt a million times and his snare sounds like that. Not that I've never heard that drum, but when he plays his drum, it sounds like that in the room. Mm-hmm. So a lot of a drummer's sound comes from them, but he's not going to sound like that on a 13 by three piccolo. So that drum, Matt knows what his snare is, and he made a drum to make that happen. So I just hope you guys will all take a chance and check out Matt's new drum. I just wanted to give him some love because he's a great friend, and I like when people put out a, a great product. And the other thing is, I feel like we haven't had a lot of product launches this throughout this COVID period. We have a lot of like, we are Zildjian, we are Minel, we yeah. are Sabian, but it's like, okay, wh- so what is coming out? And you know, without Nam happening, we didn't get any product launches. So it was kind of cool to see instead of Matt plays Pearl, we have a product. Yeah, mate, I know. And um, who who was it the other day? Um, uh, Carter had his new Promark stick come out. Yeah, and mate, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I saw that and I was like, go on, boys. Like, let's, this is fucking sick, mate. I love <laughs> yeah. it. I love it. And that stick looks amazing. I need to get a pair it of those. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, you're I'm, a Promark artist. I'm a Promark artist. So I shall be getting, Carter, if you're listening, I shall be getting them. And uh, I'll be trying them out. I don't know why I gave him a message there, but basically I want to try them out. They look great. They look absolutely amazing. And if it can can give me your little finish on the ride, that's all I want. Yeah. (laughs) On your 26-inch solid brass. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's get to our main topic. That was just a quick 40-minute intro. (laughs) Now it's time for our main topic. (laughs) So our main topic this time is making a living and how do you make a living? And the reason why we chose this topic is because if you didn't realize already, but Eddie and I spent an entire year and a half steering clear of COVID talk. We just, it's not like we didn't know it was happening. We just felt you guys heard enough of it everywhere else you were turning, right? Yeah, exactly, mate. Yeah. I mean, there's only so much. You can, it's like, we get it, you know, we get it. Let's just, let's just fucking deal with it. Let's give everybody a distraction. Let's let's talk about drums and and drums are beautiful and they're amazing and they're gonna they were here when people were living in caves. Someone was hitting a hollowed ass out log, so <laughs> they're gonna be here long after this. So we kind of stayed away from that. Well, now we're coming out of that world. We're coming out of the COVID crisis and we're starting to see the sun on the horizon, the light at the end of the tunnel. So we thought let's do a making a living episode about making a living through your passion. Hopefully that's drums because it is possible. But in my mind, you do need to prep for it right now. You can't because there is going to be a rush. As soon as everyone can gig, everyone's going to try. As soon as you can apply for jobs, everyone's going to try. So 
I think this is the time to put out this episode. Yeah, it's, per- it's perfect timing, mate. I feel sorry for MDs, mate. Oh, my God. Their oh, inbox Jesus. is going to be through. It's going to be so busy. They might just, just leave, leave the industry. Can you imagine how many... Mate, have you got a gig? Have you got yeah. a gig? It's like, oh... Well, dude, don't think that we're not bringing Charlie back on the podcast just so I can <laughs> trap him and be like, hey, so Eddie is your drummer for the foreseeable future, <laughs> yeah. right? Say it publicly and we'll write it down. Yeah, All right, so exactly. let's get into it. The first thing I think that you have to understand when it comes to making a living as an artist of any kind is the most reliable way to make a living through your art and through your passion is from multiple sources of income. Hoping that you are going to replace Josh Freeze as the session drummer of the world is a very big long shot. But hoping that you can get one or two remote sessions per month, that's not a big long shot. That just takes a little bit of effort and some some craft. So we're going to just go over a bunch of different ways that you can bring in a small chunk of money per month that will add up to a full-blown income. Uh, so the first thing that I have here is what I started doing when I was 17, which is working in a drum shop. Now, obviously, everyone scaled their staff back, but eventually everything's going to be open to maximum capacity and they're going to have to hire again. So this is the time to start going to any drum shop that you can with a mask on and be as nice as you can to the owner and just and and maybe every once in a while drop a little bit of like, hey, I saw that you have a DW accelerator over there, but do you also have the turbo? And they're like, oh, this kid <laughs> oh, there knows his stuff. He knows oh, okay. his stuff. There <laughs> yeah, he knows. All right. Okay. He wouldn't be bad behind the counter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so working in a drum shop gets you a couple things. Obviously, even if it's just part time, you get a wage. The other thing is most musician hours don't exist during normal work hours. So by having a drum shop gig, you're not missing out on any actual live gigs because the live gigs would happen after you got off anyways. But the biggest thing that people always forget when it comes to, uh, I don't want to work in a drum shop, is you are now endorsed by the entire drum industry. Everything that that store carries, you're going to get 35 to 40% off as your employee discount because you're going to usually get things that cost plus 10 so now your bills come down. I never worked in a drum shop. There wasn't many around here, to be honest. But um, sure, I always, mate, that's the dream job for a drummer. Mm-hmm. Dream job. Yep. I guess that's why they're they're kind of hard to find. But um, but yeah, mate, that is. I can't imagine being in a better job than that, mate. You could you could probably practice in the day for your gig in the evening. Do you know what I mean? Oh my gosh! I mean, most of the things I learned was no customers in the shop, and I'm at the counter with a pad. You know, yeah. and I've just got like a book from our bookshelf open, um, and and I've got like the videos on TV of like, oh, okay, I'm definitely going to get that DVD. So yeah, I started working at Drum Guitar City when I was 17 years old. That's how I got my first teaching gig was I was working there when a teacher got fired and they just moved me over to the teaching room. Uh, so I, I think that that's one of the greatest things. But the main thing is, as Simon says, was getting more active and we were playing more and obviously practicing more. I was shredding through sticks, shredding through drum heads. And now I get 40 to 50% off, 30 to 40% off, whatever it is. But now I get a big discount at the things that I have to buy anyways. So I feel like a drum shop gig, even if it's minimum wage, it's so much more than that because you're gaining the knowledge of the products. You're learning about it. Also, when you work at a drum shop, you on a weekly basis will meet the sales reps for the companies. So it's like, oh, okay, I know the guy. I have an in at Pearl now. I have an in mm-hmm. at Yamaha now because they come in and they're trying to stock your store. So there's just so much you can get out of that. Not to mention a lot of times local MDs come in and just say, hey, do you guys know of a good drummer that could do like 
kind of a Huey Lewis in the News pop cover band, and mm-hmm. you're the one standing at the counter. And you're like, I do, actually. It's me. Here's yeah. my phone number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to so. say, the, the amount of people you must meet. And even like band guys. Like I remember like, well, being on tour and then and then finding your local like music stores or whatever because you need a felt or something. I don't know. Something right. that... Something that, you know, you even though you're getting it for free, you might as well just go buy it because you can get it there and then. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then walking in and just being like, and then the people behind the counter saying, oh, are you blah, 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 you, you're playing tonight. And you must meet so many touring artists and, so, and therefore have so many opportunities working in a music store, man. I think that when, like you said, when you're meeting people, I, I have so many people right now that are friends of mine that I met because they were working at the drum shop that I did a clinic at. So, and... Vice versa, when I was a kid, you know, we'd bring in, I, I mean, God, we brought in like some big heavyweights. We had Dennis Chambers in our store and that's I got amazing. to meet Dennis Chambers when I was 17. So that's the first way. Working in a drum shop, we both fully understand, just like Eddie said, he didn't have a drum shop near him to work in. So we understand that that's not available for everybody, but we're just going through as many things as we can. So second thing I want to go, I'm going to jump down the list a little bit because you have way more expertise than in this than I do. Remote sessions. Okay. So remote sessions can you just explain what that even means to somebody that's like i don't know what that means yeah so a remote session is when you basically record uh some songs or an album in your studio and the artist or the band or the client isn't even there so you know they send over some stems they send over some music or whatever and then you do your thing in your studio and then you fly the stems back over and then that's that so they are amazing mate they are an absolute game changer because i think um one of the most amazing things is that you can work with all these different artists and producers and, and and bands that you never would work with. But thanks to the internet and the power of good Wi-Fi, which I don't have, but I will do soon, you can work <laughs> with people all around the world, which is incredible. I, I recently did this YouTuber and it was kind of it was it was an interesting uh it was it was interesting, but I loved it, mate. It was it was fun. And and plus as well, mate, you get to one of the things, obviously, you are still under some like time restraints or whatever, but you can get used to recording without the pressure and the intense pressure of the producer and the artist looking at you through that glass, which is kind of intense. So you can kind yeah. of um, hone away at your craft and get really good at it. So the next time you do go into a studio, you can smash it. Absolutely. And I think that the the biggest question that most people have when it comes to remote sessions is, how much should I charge? I'm telling you right now, there would be an answer for all of you if there was an answer. There is no answer. Yeah. Because every situation is different. Let's take Josh Freeze, for instance. He plays, uh, tours a lot for Sting right now. So let's say Sting wants him to do an album and Josh is going to do it at his home studio. What he would charge Sting is very different if an old pal from his high school called up and said like, dude, I'm just starting to band with my buddies. Can you just drop some some drums on this? So let's say he's charging Sting, just for round numbers, five grand a track and some points on the album. He can't tell Steve from high school, (laughs) Stevie, I got you. It's only five grand a track, bro. (laughs) Steve's like, dude, I lost my job during COVID. What do you mean it's a five grand a track? (laughs) So it doesn't work that way. Every time it's something different. Sometimes there is a budget. Sometimes the person is paying out of pocket because they're trying to get their name out there. So you might be doing it for $50 a track or $100 a track, but it doesn't mean that that's your rate. It doesn't mean you have to tell, you know, the the YouTuber you did, I'm sure would be a different rate than what you would charge Charlie if Charlie said, no, I, I really need you. These aren't demos anymore. I need you to drop some tracks on this. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, well, am I getting points on the album? Is it a flat fee? 
every situation is different, right? Yeah, massively different, mate. I think it's one of the hardest things about being a musician because you're you're constantly thinking, oh, I don't want to say this amount because I might put them off. And I want the gig and I need the gig most of the time, don't we? We need that work. None of us, I don't, I I don't think are in the position to say, oh, it's five grand track, like it or lump it. I think, you know, we're <laughs> not all in that position. I wish we I wish we were. But well, can we please put out drum with Mike and Eddie <laughs> hoodies that say like it or lump it? Like I've it never or lump heard it. that in my life, dude. <laughs> if you've never heard that, oh mate, that's an English no. thing, I think. Like it or oh. lump it, mate. That is that's yeah. So good. It's five grand a track, like it or lump it, mate. Um but, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> yeah, sort of, mate. Um but it's difficult uh. because I think, you know, it, it is I think a good place to start, to be honest, is around 150 quid up to 250 okay. a track. I think being transparent, I think that's a good good place to be um, because at the end of the day, mate, it's going to be a hell of a lot of work for you, mate. It, it really, yes. really is. And when you actually add into the mix, the years and the hours and the weeks and the blood, sweat and tears that you've put into getting better at this instrument, mate, 250 quid yeah. for a track is actually pretty reasonable. So I think that's a good place to start. But yeah, again, mate, basic business, just say, what's your budget? What what are you happy with paying? And I can sort of yeah. figure it out. But yeah, remote I sessions that's the- are great. Yeah. And, th- and now we have two sources of income. So let's say that you have minimum wage job at a drum shop, you're getting discounts and you're doing maybe two to three songs per month. That still sounds like, oh, that's not enough. We'll slow down. Like that's just, they're all going to start adding up. So next thing that I have for you is online lessons. I'm not talking about what Eddie and I do. I'm talking about maybe there's three or four or five people in your local area that want to take one-on-one lessons with you or not even in your local area. That's the beautiful thing about Skype and Zoom lessons is they don't need to be in your local area. They just need to like your playing. Mm. And I can tell you a flat rate of something like $50 for a half an hour lesson, $100 for an hour lesson, depending on your clout. Now, maybe if you don't have a big name yet, maybe it's 25 per lesson and they're half hour lessons. But if you just had, if it was, say, weekly lessons and you charged... I don't know, $100 a month for weekly half-hour lessons. All you need is 10 students to bring in $1,000. 10 students at a half an hour is five hours of work per week. Yeah. You can find time to do that. Okay, so now we've got, you've got online lessons, you've got two or three songs per month, and you've got your part-time job at the local drum shop. You're getting pretty close to being able to move out of mom and dad's house. Oh, mate, I mean, that sounds like the dream because I think like... (laughs) This is something that I keep on forgetting as well, being in lockdown and in COVID, that it's all like, it's like a circle of life, isn't it? You know, right, you, yeah. you're, you're teaching drums, therefore you're actually having to reverse engineer all these things that you've never thought about before. And you're becoming totally. a better teacher, therefore becoming a better drummer. And then you're learning a song. So then you are learning how to record. And then, you know, that, that makes you realize I need to get better at this. I need to practice this. Then that gives you more ideas for lessons that you can then, you know, it's just like, I love that shit, man. I love that. And it's like when you have a session, when you have a clinic, when you have a lesson to teach, it's just, it all feeds itself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It all 100%. feeds itself and you just constantly learn and constantly be inspired and constantly push yourself. And yeah, like you said, mate, if you're bringing in a thousand, fifteen hundred just from that, then that's fine. That's good going, mate. Good going. That's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, the Zoom, I think like, I mean, if you don't have a lot of people on it, I don't know if it's free, but it's definitely not expensive. Skype is free, so you're not going to lose any money there. You just probably need an interface. You're going to, but that's part of the learning process. You need to learn how to 
How do I get my drums into this camera? How do I hear the student? All that stuff. But it mm. is possible. And obviously, as we're coming out of COVID, you can switch that to in-person lessons if you have a place to teach them. But before COVID, no one, it was either you teach in person or you do what I did. And it's like, okay, <laughs> here goes the investment. I got to start a company. <laughs> yeah. Now it's like, no, I could just say yes in the DM and be like, yeah, I teach. I yeah, can do man. that. And yeah, mate, one the, lesson, no problem. The power of communication as well, mate. I really don't think you need to worry about having a legit studio. You can just get a practice pad, sit there in your living room and, and give a lesson and talk. I Absolutely. Think if there's anything I've learned, mate, it's about this podcast is, oh my God, just how important it is to listen to other people and what they're going through. And the cool. amount of people that if they did do lessons, I would pay for it because I just want to sit there and just ask them questions for an hour. So I don't think right. you need to worry about having a legit studio or a full kit. A practice pad, even a pair of totally. sticks in your leg, that, that would suffice. I totally agree. All right, next set of, or next thing that we can get some revenue from is YouTube revenues. So if you've, if you've, ever, if you've ever thought about being a YouTuber, I think that that can be intimidating, but making content on YouTube, all you have to do is do it. And you have to be okay with, okay, seven people saw this. That hurts my ego. And it's like, okay. But maybe 20 people will see the next one. And, you know, I will tell you this. The YouTube algorithm is punishing people like me nowadays. And they are because they want new life on this thing. So if you have a new channel, they're going to put you in that first grid right when people log in. And they want to pump up the new channels and build up their user base so that they have new people. So it used to be a big deal to have a lot of subscribers. Subscribers are absolutely meaningless now because they're never going to show the video to your subscribers. There's too many videos on YouTube for your subscribers to ever be able to see this. For YouTube to say, hey, just you know, Mike Johnston just uploaded a lesson. So the, the natural kind of engagement of this video is what's going to get it seen. So I just want, I know that people never talk about actual YouTube revenue, but luckily... I've uploaded one single video in the last couple of weeks because I've been lazy. So I can tell you exactly how much I made off of one video and very low views. Now, my video two videos ago was uh, five fills that changed my life. Anytime you put a number in the title, you win. That is the YouTube. That is the like, and I hate doing it. I have two videos that have numbers in them because it's it. Oh, it makes me want to barf. <laughs> But they were five fills that changed my life. <laughs> they were ones that unlocked doors for me. That video, yeah. got, it's I, I think it was like two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, and it's at like 120,000 views. Then I put a ton of effort into vlog number three, checking out the mikeslessons.com studio. That's got 12,000 views. It's crazy, isn't it? It's nuts. Okay, so <laughs> everyone's like, we could not care less about your stupid-ass snare collection. <laughs> the 12,000 video one has made me so much more money than the 100,000 views because YouTube pays you based off of minutes watched. The five fills video is a very short video. A lot of people checked out around the three minute mark. The vlog is a 20 minute video and a lot of people stayed around for 10 to 15 minutes. So through that 10 to 15 minutes, YouTube can show more ads. The more ads that are shown, the more revenue you get. So off of a video that was 20 minutes long that has 12,240 views, I've made, hold on, uh, $865. So that's worth it. I mean, that's not a drop in the bucket. That's a decent chunk of change. That is, that's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. And fair play for being transparent with this, mate, because I am... 
I haven't really started on YouTube, mate. I've, I've and you know, I think there's a lot of things that are disheartening about it. Like you said, they they you could have fifty thousand Instagram uh, followers go to YouTube and you're getting literally two hundred <laughs> views, and you're it's... like, what? No, I'm just going to do Instagram. That that yeah, feeds I... my ego better. That makes me happier. And I think there are loads of things that are going to stop people from doing YouTube. But what you've just said makes makes me want to do it. Not just for the money, but like just you know because like you said, people. I, th- I don't know. I think that it's a richer form of content, isn't it? It's like people get into it more. It's yeah. longer. Um, and I think, you know, if there is light at the end of the, end of the tunnel and there is a reward, uh, whether it be financial or whatever, I think what you just said makes makes a lot of people actually just go, fuck it, I am going to do it. It's worth it. You should. You, you definitely should. And, you know, I, I just saw this on, um, uh, you know, the thing on NPR, Tiny Desk Concert. Yeah, I love them. Yeah. So, so they started putting out tutorials from their engineers. Here's wow. how we mic the drum set at Tiny Desk Concert. Here's how we mix the audio at Tiny Desk Concert. And what their engineer said about recording absolutely applies to YouTube, which he said, because they were talking about quality of mics and EQ. And he said, look, any recording is better than no recording at all. And I kind of feel like same with YouTube. Just do it. Like, if you want to do it, here's the thing that people need to understand about social media platforms. And Eddie and I are going through this behind the scenes ourselves, especially with now. Um, what's what's the one that I think I sent you an invite to it? <laughs> oh, Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Yeah. So with yeah, Clubhouse, yeah. Um, TikTok, Eddie and I with Instagram, with YouTube is if you don't ingest the content, my advice is do not make content for that platform because mm-hmm. you don't understand the social norms of that platform i cannot take my you know 12 years on youtube and just move it to tiktok it will not work Mm. like how come they won't let me upload my 20 minute vlog bro (laughs) (laughs) it's like dude do you even use tiktok like no but i just heard it was good it's like well if you don't ingest the content there don't use it i think the reason why you and i are not uploading a ton of instagram footage right now is because we're not ingesting a ton of instagram footage yeah 100. using that platform made me want to be a part of it right mm-hmm. now. I don't use it very much. I mean, really, I just do stories because I've got my phone in my hand and I don't feel like I'm being judged that hard on the quality of my content. Mm. If it's in stories where if it's on my main feed, I feel like it has to be this Steven Spielberg production. So I think when mm-hmm. it comes to YouTube, Instagram, whatever, you should make content for the f- platform that you're using the most. Cause you will understand it the best. Um, but yeah. please don't be scared to do it just because there's so many people doing it. Just do it. Yeah. You're not doing it and you are you have your own voice. That's right, why last thing. I oh, flipping love Nike, mate. Just do it. What a brilliant... Well, you probably say Nike, don't you? Do you say Nike or Nike? Well, no, because the company's here in the United States of America, we say Nike <laughs> because they're called Nike. <laughs> <laughs> but then at the same point, okay. my, I got to say though, to your point, my name is spelled just like Nike with an M, and I'm not Mikey. I'm Mike. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. There you go, mate. Touche. We're both I don't know if right. That was We're both right. right. Yeah, okay. Um, that was, yeah, that's why I love that brand, mate. Just do it. And I honestly, mate, like, I need to listen to that advice more, mate. I'm, I feel guilty of the overanalyzing stuff far too much. I really do, mate. And YouTube, I consume it so much. And th- those were the words that I need to hear because I love it. I love consuming it. I watch it over TV every single night, but it's just that thing, isn't it? You're just like, oh, there's so many things getting in the way. And then once it goes up, I'm going to question it. Is it good? Is it bad? Because it hasn't got many views, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I'm just going to flip and do it, mate. So Absolutely, buddy. Else. 
There we go. All right. And our last thing is something that seems almost preposterous to talk about because of the last 16, 18 months that we've had, but live gigs. They are coming back and live gigs, just like remote sessions, it can be this thing where it's like, I don't want to take the gig. It's only a hundred bucks. Okay. But don't you have a job at a drum shop? And didn't you make 500 off of YouTube? And didn't you do two remote sessions this month? And didn't you do five Zoom lessons? That hundred bucks, if you do it on every Saturday, turns into 400 bucks for the month. Mm. This is what I'm talking about. This is how you make a living through an art form. You pull together five to six different sources of income from your art, and it all comes together to give you three grand, four grand, five grand a month, and then you make a living as a musician. That's so much better than sitting in a room all day and be like, I'm so surprised Peter Gabriel hasn't called. Like, really? Why? Because you have a basement? <laughs> yeah, man. Why would he call? I love that. It's such good advice because I couldn't agree more, mate. I couldn't agree more, man. It's like, it's what um, I've been doing for a long time. And that's why I think if you are a touring musician and, and, and even more so, if you're like on a good gig, a big gig, and you're playing these amazing venues with these amazing artists, mate, get a GoPro, take your phone yes. out. And like, yes. honestly, man, like it's the best thing you can do. And I think there's nothing... You know, what this pandemic has taught a lot of people is is how um, temperamental the music industry can be. You know, real real talk. It can... I know people who are crew members and, and sound engineers, sound engineers for the biggest artists in the world. And now they're delivering for flipping Tesco's, mate, in a van. Sure. You know, and it's like, it can end like that. And that is the reality of it. And I think the more that you can sort of diversify and do other things, not only will it help financially, like we're saying, but as I said at the beginning of this podcast, mate, it all feeds into one another, mate. Like yes. when you're getting sick of just practice or teaching, you have another thing to do and and it all feeds and it all helps with inspiration. I think, you know, aside from money, which is the most important thing to keep on going, inspiration, mate, that is very, very important because I think if that runs out or if that stops, you are you're in a tough situation. So I think as well as money, it's all about having your inspiration just constantly flowing, mate. And I think by diversifying, that will uh, definitely keep that inspiration tap open. Couldn't agree more. Uh, And I think that financial freedom allows you to be inspired, right? Because it's very hard to be inspired when you're like, dude, I can't even pay rent. I, I I just need some security, especially if there's multiple people involved. I mean, if you're, you know, just a single person living at home, maybe you feel a little bit more willing to take some risks, but all of a sudden there's a family involved. You know, I mean, everyone that's involved in my life from early on girlfriends in my early twenties to, to my wife has always known, like, just so you know, when it's good, don't get too used to it because at Mm -hmm. any moment in time, you know, I mean, you and I both know from the record deal world, there's this thing called an advance. In advance is the best and worst thing in the world because they transfer a huge chunk of money into your checking account and then you don't hear from them for two years. (laughs) So (laughs) advance day, you're a baller. But then you're like, oh, yeah, I have to make this last for an entire touring cycle, which is two years of my life. So it's like, wait, I just got like less than the manager at Taco Bell. I just got it all (laughs) at once. Literally, I, in, I got advanced. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny, mate. It's so funny, and you know, not to be um too sort of harsh, but you know, it, it's like that in anything. You know, you can have the biggest gig in the world, and then another big gig, and you think, okay, if I put, I'm playing this amount of shows. If I add up my fee, I've made this this year, and then I've got another. Gig. I'm, I am, I'm going to get a Lamborghini <laughs> from playing drums, and that yeah. is 
amazing and then all of a sudden the gigs dry up or covid hits or something like that sure and um i just think yeah diversifying man it it stops all those anxieties and those worries you know because i think totally financial freedom is is amazing when it comes to learning an instrument because you a lot of the time mate you need that you need that space and that freedom and and a stress-free head to sit there behind the kit and actually practice you know what i mean yeah Um, i agree but yeah and i i hope that all of our listeners just we need to reiterate we are not saying that this would have been possible six months ago. We are saying get ready for this because we are coming out of COVID. This is a look forward special. <clears throat> if for some reason something else happens like COVID plus, our bad. Our <laughs> <laughs> bad. We're just trying to get you excited for the future. I love um, it. So- in, here, here in England, mate, lock, uh, locked. You know, we're coming out of lockdown on the twelfth, right. which is soon. Right. And I love it. People are going to be listening to this going. Oh, I can't wait. And then a couple of days later, they're going to go, yeah, we're back into lockdown. Yeah, we're uh, back. <laughs> yeah, to, we might that. just remove that one from Spotify. But it's true, mate. Yeah. You know, we have got to look forward and we have got to plan. And I think, yes. you know, all this hard work and effort you've been putting in through lockdown and all, you know, all the shows that you would wish you were playing and all the things you wish you were doing, like, they're going to happen, mate. That's the most yes. amazing thing. And that is music to our bloody ears, mate. They are going to happen. So damn right. Strapping because awesome. it's about to get busy. <laughs> well, that's a perfect way to end this. We were going to get to some Q&A, but we have gone long because of our <laughs> long winded intro. But we will do Q&A next week. We'll get to Ryan K's question, Timmy Dodd's question, Kelly Monahan's question, because they've got some awesome questions. Uh, just a quick reminder, if you ever want to ask questions, you can. You just have to be part of our Patreon group so the patrons can ask all the questions they want. They get a chance to talk with each other. They get a chance to hang. So please do us a massive favor and join our Patreon group. You can do it for as low as 5 bucks a month. It's just a way to support this podcast and keep it ad-free. And I hope you understand that we don't take it for granted and we interact with all the patrons or patrons the best we can. We've got a Zoom call coming up. But for now... Oh, dude, we covered some stuff. <laughs> hey, we there was did. like a snare drum review in there somewhere. <laughs> we powered through this, mate. Absolutely powered. We're getting, we're getting good at this stuff, mate. We're getting very, very good at this podcast malarkey. Joe Rogan, watch out, mate. We're going for that number one on Spotify. <laughs> coming for you, buddy. Coming yeah, for coming. you. Uh, all right, everybody. Have an amazing week. Get some practice in. There are great things ahead for all of y'all. But for now, episode 32 is in the can. Bye-bye. I almost hung up. Bye. Bye.